righty. Well, the arm is feeling better. If you haven't been here, I got, I got a little accident, uh, ruptured a bicep tendon, and they had to repair it. They did that a week ago last Friday, and we're, we're on the bend. So in a sling until December 23rd, that part's kind of nerve-wracking because you got to sleep in it. Every now and then, I kind of choke myself with the, with the thing. <laughs> Janie, Janie thinks, man, you've been snoring. I'm not snoring. I'm choking over here, which you... Would you help me out? Throw the throw a brother a bone or something? Come on, give me a drink of water or something. Uh, no, she's she she <laughs> she is a very good nurse. Uh, she's 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 very. It's like now I got to bail myself out. She's really been good and and helpful and everything. Honey, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. We're trying to cover things up. So. Uh, Pray for me. Uh, no, um, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, everybody mends differently, so we're just trying to ride the course. Uh, and again, thank you, sweetheart, so much for all that you do for me. <laughs> Such a blessing. Um, when I look at my weekly message, which I prepare sometimes 30, 60, 90 days out, uh, I always leave a lot of latitude for what God obviously wants to say to his church, you are his church, and then what he may want to speak to me and through me to you. Uh, usually that happens Monday morning about 3 o'clock. I'll have a, my outline kind of ready to go, and the Lord will drop something in my spirit. And so uh, he, he, he dropped something in my spirit this week that when I started to research it, it was like almost like the heartbeat of not only uh, Apostle Paul but Christ himself on just the spirit of a heartfelt thanksgiving, just where we do say thank you, but sometimes we do it in a in a manner of uh, just out of a, you know just obligation, uh, or sometimes we expect to thank you back and we don't get it, so then it becomes a little bit hardened uh, in our heart. And so I want to talk to you today just again about the whole idea of a heartfelt uh, thank you. We're going to go to Psalms 107, I think verse one to start with. And, uh, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And I, I like, I like, I, I think when you think of love enduring, that, that's, a, that's a battle right there, right? It's like if my love has to endure, and I like the part of that song where he, he assumes the best of me now. And, I, and that really captivates me because sometimes we don't assume the best in each other. Sometimes we don't assume the best in other people that maybe we haven't even met yet or don't know or we see him standing maybe on a street corner or something. We just assume maybe, you know, they've made bad choices in life or whatever. But God assumes the best of all of us. And he knows us more than anybody. He knows us better than anybody. He knows our, our hiding places, our secret places, our, our flaws and our failures, yet he still loves us and assumes the best in us. So, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let's pray. Father, we know your word is alive and well, and now we just pray that it's alive and well in us. We thank you, Lord, for your, for the opportunity, Lord, to even study for the next, uh, you know, 20 minutes or whatever to, to, to understand your word a little bit better. Help us, Father, Lord, to, to do that. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. Um, today's message, thought, idea, 
uh, it, it's got a lot of meat in it. So if you need to take a picture of a screen, if you need to, you know, take your phone out and write some notes or whatever, uh, it might be some stuff that can take you, you know, a, a long ways. It's pretty simple, but at the same time, it, it, it kind of goes, it, cu it cuts deep, right? So um, when I was awake the other, the other morning, the Lord dropped the word uh, gratis in, in my spirit. And so I thought that's, a, that's an odd word. What, why in the word? Is it even a real word? Well, it turns out it is a real word. It's a Latin word, gratis. And the, the root word that we would use out of that, lattice, that Latin word gratis is, is gratitude. So in the word we get from gratitude then is thanksgiving. So whenever we read thanksgiving in the scriptures, especially today, if you replace it with the word gratitude, and that's, that's what we're talking about in thanksgiving. And so the Lord and the Holy Spirit kind of fine-tuning me along the way just to be able to share with with you lovely people, his people, just on, on the spirit of, of gratitude. And so I thought, well, that's gratuity. You know, that, that's part of it as well, gratuity, gratitude, gratis. But then I looked further, and the same root word, Latin, for gratis is also grace. And I thought, how cool is that, that the name of our church is grace, but that grace and gratitude, are they go hand in hand. And if you have grace, and it's pure, just loving grace, that also you have gratitude. And if you have pure, loving gratitude, then you also have this thing we call grace. And grace is, is beautiful, all right? And so uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that today, but when I started to then restudy my my message for the week. Uh, the Lord revealed some things to me on what grace is, and the, and the first one is just that grace is revealed. So when we operate right in a right spirit, a heart, heartfelt spirit of gratis, which is gratitude and grace, then God's grace becomes revealed not only to us, but it becomes revealed to other people. Like if you, uh, so Jane and I are are redoing a, a house, and we've had a lot of trade people. People at our house, just a lot, and every, like I'll say, ninety percent of them. But to, I mean, unbelievable people to work with, just very gracious, just very like, just really like you almost don't expect it because if you're not careful, your heart gets a little hard. And it's just been a wonderful joy to have people that just come and help us with certain situations. That that grace then becomes revealed in them to gratitude for us. And then hopefully the gratitude for us becomes revealed in grace in them. So let's go to 1 Corinthians. Paul's writing, oh, give thanks, but let's say gratitude. Oh, give gratitude to my God always for you because of the grace. So look, here we are again. Paul's talking, and again, everywhere he says thanksgiving in his epistles, uh, put the word gratitude, and you'll see how much he compares grace and gratitude together. Gratis, the Latin terminology. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, revealed in all speech and all knowledge. And so we see here that grace is revealed by the things that we do and the way that we do them. So it becomes an attitude. Do I have an attitude of grace and gratitude? Or do I have an attitude of maybe just complaining a little bit or pointing the finger or joining, you know, judging people or just looking at people differently? And once grace is revealed to a person, 
person, then that grace needs to be like um, a water spout just running through. This is part of what Jesus is talking about. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That part of that living water is grace. And so when we go back to the garden for a moment, in Genesis, the first chapter, second chapter, third chapter, Adam and Eve are told not to eat from the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Most of you know that, all right? But before that, the Bible says that the voice of the Lord walked daily with, with, with Adam and Eve. He would come down and he would talk to them. Adam, how are you doing today? What, what's going on? What, what, what's your thinking? What's your process? And so we see here then that Adam had such an intimate relationship with God that, that grace actually wasn't even needed. All right, it was it was just automatic. There was this there was this love connection, this intimacy, and then Adam and Eve fell and uh, ate from the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which we still fight today. We 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 become independent, and we become independent uh, uh, to ourselves. We then have a tendency to become independent of God. And so then we don't need that grace like we think we do. Or we don't, well, I can handle this. Or God, I'll work this out. Or God, let me take care of this. And let, let me do this. And we become a little bit more independent. And that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we start to eat from, which we're not, if we're not careful, and we morph back into a covering up of what grace is really about. If we really, truly want grace in our life, then we have to have full dependency on God in our life. If we have God in our life and we're dependent, then his grace becomes revealed. And so in the garden when Adam and Eve fell, they took the tree of life, God and Jesus did. They said, we must remove the tree of life lest Adam and Eve eat from it. And then they become like us. And they moved it to heaven. And so in Genesis, we have the tree of life. We know that. And in Revelations, the last chapter, we see the tree of life. And now the tree of life has sprouted. It's about 12 trees of life. And they're on each either side of the sea of forgetfulness, okay, the crystal river, and they're bearing fruit. And the Bible says they bear fruit monthly and, and different fruit. And so we see now it's a prosperous tree of life. So we go from one tree of life to multiple trees of life. But where are we when we're in the middle? Well, I would suggest to you today that the tree of life that we look at is the cross of Christ on Calvary. So that tree of life became the death of Christ, but the life to all of us. And because it came to life to all of us, it became grace revealed. All right. This is why Paul is saying, I want to thank God for you. Jason, I thank God for you and Leah. Thank God for Dave and Teresa Laggy. Thank God for Landon and Carol. Thank God for Gary and Jerry. Thank God for the leaders of our church. Thank God for Brian and Tammy and Andrew and Emily and Marcus and Cherry. Thank God for the people of our church. I thank God. This is what Paul is saying. Now it's paraphrased, but he's saying, thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for who you are in Christ Jesus. Thank God for what you stand for. Now, the stand we make is grace because grace is revealed. When grace is revealed to me, I have nothing more than just pure gratitude because I know I don't deserve it, right? Because here's what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor. So grace is getting something that I did not deserve. Hear me on that. That's great. Mercy is not getting something that I did deserve. So if I look at grace, 
getting something that I didn't deserve. Like, God, you've given me heaven now through your son, Jesus Christ, by accepting his work on the cross. I can, I can now, I'm, I'm saved. I'm born again. I, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a new creature. However you want to put it down, I'm going to heaven. I've said this recently. I've said it a lot. If this thing ended tomorrow, I've married the love of my life. I've been married to her for 42 years, and I get to go to heaven. It, could, there, it couldn't be better than that. You don't have to give me a brand new house or the lottery or a brand new car. You don't have, I have married the love of my life 42 years and I get to go to heaven when it's all over. That's amazing. Grace revealed comes with gratitude. Grace is undeserved faith. Now listen, 19 and 17 we were when we got married, three kids by 21. That's a recipe for disaster. Many people advise us, don't get married, don't do it. And if you get married, don't have kids. Well, don't have kids. If you have, and, and listen, I just want to tell you that even in spite of us, God worked everything out miraculously. I am so grateful, right? So what is that? It's gratitude, all right? And then that's grace. So in any good relationship, healthy relationship, there has to be a lot of grace that abounds, Grace brings that, uh, that forgiveness, that love, that mercy. And then mercy is not getting what we did deserve. We all deserve hell. We all deserve destruction. But God loved us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, so that he would die for us. So that the tree of life became the cross, but grace revealed became the empty tomb. And because the tomb is empty, now we know what grace is all about. We no longer have to walk in legalism. We no longer have to walk in religious tradition. We're no longer bound by laws. In fact, Paul said he could do everything. Now, not everything was good for him to do, but he could do everything. And he said this, I shouldn't do what might be a stumbling block to my brothers or my sisters. So be careful what you might do around other people. Be careful that you put yourself in God's eyes. And say, God, let me do what is only right for you. That's grace revealed. But Paul says grace revealed then becomes thanksgiving to other people. Number two, that's grace on repeat. I've asked the worship team to sing this song at the end. I love this song, grace on repeat. And I, I'm sure you will too or do too. But it's, it's just a song that, that captures my attention. And look at Psalms 9, 1 and 2 for a second. I will give thanks or gratitude to the Lord with my whole heart. That's why we call this a heartfelt message, our whole heart. I will recount or repeat all of your wonderful deeds. Verse 2 says, I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Here, David is having a moment. He's like, he's just, he's okay. He's just in the presence of God. And he just wants to repeat. And I know we shouldn't pray according to Jesus Prayer is a vain repetition, but sometimes I just walk through the house and say, thank you, Lord. God, I just want to thank you. I, I just, I, words can't, you, I know who I am, and yet you love me. I thank you. God, you're an awesome God. I thank you for nature. I thank you for friends. I thank you for family. I thank you for blessings. I thank you for relationships. God, I just want to thank you. It's like grace on repeat. And so there's, there's just a repetitive nature of saying, God, I love you so much. God, man, God I, I love you. And if I'm busy thanking God, then I'm not complaining to God. And if I'm busy thanking God for people, then I'm too busy to judge people. 
Does, does that make sense? So why, why not take the, 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 the proactive choice of thanking God, of loving God, of blessing God versus judging and complaining and, and do all the negative stuff. There's enough negativity in the world. I mean, watch the news. Watch the 630 news and you'll get 28 minutes of negativity and then 90 seconds of a good report. I'd rather have 28 minutes of good report and like 90 seconds of something bad. We know the world's bad. We know the world has turned its back on God. But God sent the church through Jesus to make sure the world knows there's a Savior. So then that becomes grace on repeat. Some of you are older, like I am, and maybe back in the day when you would turn the radio on in your car and the disc jockey was playing a song, and then I don't know what they were playing, if it was like 8-track or reel-to-reel or some kind of weird CD or even an album, I'm not sure. I know way, 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 way back in the day they would do live music and then they went to recorded music, but every now and then there there'd be a stick on the on the album, whatever, and that, that, that thing, that song would just keep playing the same thing, right? You know, if, if I same words over and over. And you know the disc jockey wasn't paying attention. Maybe he or she was getting a cup of coffee or went to the restroom or whatever. And it's like, well, okay, this, this album's stuck. It's time, to, it's time to get going. I think sometimes that's how God wants us to be with grace. Like sometimes we get stuck on the cares of the world, but not the will of God, not the heartbeat of the Father. And I think what the psalmist here is saying, when I thank God every morning, when I wake up and see the sun rise, and some of you are saying, well, pastor, the sun rises before 10 a.m. Well, just get up a little early one more time. See the sunset. Just go watch the sunset. You don't have to see the sun rise, although it's a beautiful thing when the sun comes up. And you see how faithful God is. The psalmist talks about how faithful God is by looking at his sunrise, knowing he's going to come up the next day, knowing that it's fresh and new, and along with that sunrise are his mercies and his grace and his forgiveness and his love. You know, the earth rotates on a 29-degree axis, and it rotates like my finger is right here, rotating. And if it was 28 degrees, it would be too close to the sun, and we would all burn up. If it was 30 degrees, it would be too far from the sun, and we would all freeze, but it's 29 degrees. It's a, it's a perfect uh, degree for the earth rotated. It rotates a thousand miles an hour. There does, but it's so vast and big that we don't feel like we're spinning, although we are. And uh, the moon is in place to, 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 to help with temperature controls and to help with uh, weather moderation. And so the, the, wa the waves stop, the ocean waves stop at a certain point. In fact, I like what Job, the 38th chapter, Job's having a bad day. I mean, Job had, Job's bad day really only lasted for about 40 days. It didn't last real long. I mean, that's, that's a long time to have that many bad things happen. But uh, he was complaining to God, and God said, wait a second, who are you to complain? Why, why do I have to answer to you? Do I? Do you store up the hail in heaven? Do you store up the, the lightning in heaven? Do you tell the waves where to stop? I mean, God's, God's given it back to Job, and, and God put all these things in place. Well, because the earth goes on a 29-degree axis, and there's a space station up there, the space station revolves around the earth, but it revolves around the earth contrary to the rotation of the earth. So we have astronauts that come from all over the world that join the space station, and they're, they're going around the, the, the earth this way, and the earth is revolving this way. So that's an, that's an important concept that you need to grab for a second. 
Because in the space station, when they're going around the earth, every 90 minutes, they see a new sunrise. It's like, you know, you see a beautiful sunrise. Janie and I were on our deck earlier, uh, just maybe a month or two months ago, and the sun was just beautiful. We were getting ready on a Sunday morning. I said, honey, come take a picture of this. I don't take pictures, all right? I got maybe 38 photos on my phone, and I need to get rid of 10 of them. Some of you have thousands of photos on your phone. I have 38, and that's about 10 too many. And so I said, honey, come take a picture of this. This is beautiful. You would love to, like, Instagram this or something. And it was gorgeous. Could you imagine being in the space station and saying, wow, that's a beautiful sunrise. And then 90 minutes later saying, wow, that's a beautiful sunrise. And then 90 minutes after that saying, wow, that is a beautiful sunrise. And then 90 minutes later, like, wow, did you see that sunrise? Yes, I saw it all four times. See, the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning, and sometimes we mess up in life and we think we're going to wait till tomorrow to make it new. God says you can make it new right now. That not only is mercy is new every morning, his grace is new every morning, his forgiveness is new every morning, his love is new every day. And those guys on the space station see 16 sunrises a day. And we know that morning lasts before the night, but joy comes in the morning. But you do not have to wait the rest of your life for God to come in and sweep you down and put grace on repeat because he loves you that much. He cares for you that much. Can you just give the Lord a shout of praise for just a moment because his grace is on repeat. So we think grace is good, and maybe grace comes through a, a preacher, or grace comes through a, a song, or grace comes through a, a television, or grace comes through a, something we read. No, grace comes through Jesus Christ from Nazareth. He comes from the one who sits on the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession with you, and he, joined, he, he asks you to join him there. This is truly grace on repeat. I don't know if you have a favorite uh, song or a favorite movie or a favorite show or maybe a favorite event or something. I, I like to go back and watch Nebraska football Boyd when they were good back in the 90s. And there's a class like ESPN Classic and they got Nebraska playing. I get popcorn. I watch it like it was live. Like, that's how bad our team has been for the last 25 or 30 years. But I was like, man, I know what's going to happen, but I can't wait till little Joel McAvicki hits that hole as a fullback and scores against Miami. Touchdown. And the Rock's laying there flat on his back because that's what happened to him back when he used to play football against really good teams, back when his name was Dwayne Johnson. Grace on repeat. See, when God shows us grace on repeat, he doesn't do it in a judging, unloving way. He does it like it's fresh every morning, like those guys on the space station. They're 90 minutes later, another sunrise. 90 minutes, another sunrise. 90 minutes later, Mark needs more grace. 90 minutes later, Mark needs more grace. 90 minutes later, Mark needs more grace. Grace on repeat. But when we have an attitude of gratitude, that gratis, the Latin word, we have understand gratitude and grace together. We recognize that the Father in heaven who does not have to issue grace gives every one of us grace to walk in forgiveness of our sins. What a huge offering. But, but, but he also asks us to offer that grace to other people as well. Like, you know, probably if you dealt with any person, anybody, any people, you're going to get burned by somebody. 
I mean, somebody's going to mess with you a little bit. Somebody's just going to jack with you. Somebody's going to just tip your scale the wrong way. Somebody's just going to, man, it's like, and, and, and you're going to have to just exercise a little bit of grace. But not only that, then God's saying, you might have to exercise that grace again, and maybe again, and maybe again. Now, I'm not saying, like I said last week, maybe there's a bad relationship you just need to get out of. Or maybe there's a situation that you need to use wisdom. And Well, listen, this guy burned me three other times. I'm probably not going to use him again. But at the same time, with people, God's saying, hey, why don't we show that grace on repeat? Why don't we show that, that grace that allows me to have mercy and grace over and over? Number three is grace renewed. There's a, a renewing of grace. Second Corinthians, I think the fourth chapter, then shows us 13 through 16. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake so that as grace <laughs> extends uh, to more and more people, it may increase gratitude to the glory of God, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Let's go to verse 15 one more time before we go to the topic. For it is all for your sake so that grace extends to more and more people. So as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Grace then becomes renewed. We're extending it to more and more people. We're, we're giving it out. There's a conflict of, of uh, uh, humanity that we walk through. One, we're young, okay? Uh, uh, we're not so young anymore. Uh, but when you're a, a, a fresh new little baby and the baby cries and it sounds so good because, you know, the baby's still breathing and alive and you get up in the middle of the night and you feed the baby and then you know, the baby becomes two or three and, and can start to tell you if it's got a, a bellyache or whatever. Or you start to, you know, do the, the training and they start to eat by themselves. And then, you know, five o'clock or five years old, you send them off to school and uh, different things. And they start maybe sports or different clubs and different things. And all of a sudden they're in middle school or high school. And then are we going to go to college or learn a trade or start a business or all these things? They're growing. It's a, it's a growth nature. And so they start very new and very young. And then they grow to, you know, uh, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and plus, okay? And so where we were young and now that we're old, that's the physical nature of humanity because when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, the one curse was age. There was no age in the Bible. There was time, all right? We knew, we knew of seven days, but there was no age. Until Adam and Eve fell, now age came upon us, and then they lived into their 900s before the flood. Then after the flood, there was a cap. Uh, God told Moses there would be a cap of 120 years. In fact, David said that uh, we're all given 70 years as a rule, and then after that, we live by strength, okay? And so we know there's kind of a cap to the age limit, but we're growing. And as we grow, maybe the eyes go a little dim. Maybe the hair falls out. Maybe uh, what you do have gets a little 
gray, and, and, uh, or maybe, you know, uh, we, uh, we shrink. Like, I'm not as tall as I was. Wasn't very tall to begin with, but now I'm not as tall as I was. And, and age comes upon us, and maybe we can't quite do some of the things. But as a believer in operating in grace, Paul is saying, wait a second, that's not the case spiritually. It is the case uh, physically. Anthony, can we have verse number 16 one more time of 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter? We do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. So it's just the contrary to our physical man. We relate too often how we feel physically to how we're acting spiritually. But the mature believer says this, now I was a young person, now I'm an older person, but in Christ, when I became a new believer, I understand now that this old person's wasting away, but this new person is regenerating day by day by day. I'm becoming newer every day. It's like if you bought a car, and maybe you're like, my favorite car is a 67 Mercedes 250SL. Like if you won the lottery and you wanted to buy me a gift, 67 Mercedes 250SL. That's just my favorite. Like that's my dream car of all dream cars, okay? But, you know, they're old, right? 67, I mean, that's a long time ago or two. 2022. And so, but what if that car just became newer every day? Like every day it became a, a brand new car. And it's a car that's increased in value, you know, over like 20 or 30 times from its original purchase price. So, but that's how God looks at you. Like maybe you're born again today. You're a Christ follower today. You're a new creature in Christ today. Tomorrow you're actually newer in Christ. The next day, you're even newer than newer in Christ. Every day, we start to form that spirituality where we're actually getting closer to God, not farther away from him. We become a newer creature. So Paul actually says this, I believe, so I spoke. We just read that a second ago. See, once we believe, now we start to speak into our very existence. I believe so I spoke. I start to speak the thing. We allow too many people to speak into us that we've not given authority to, but because we believe what they say, we've given them a false authority. Why don't we start believing what God has to say about us? Start believing what God says about you. He calls you a new creature. He calls you joint heirs with Christ Jesus. He calls you his sons and his daughters. He calls you, he calls you legacy. He calls you inheritance. He calls you fruit. Why don't we start believing for once that, God, you said, in fact, Psalms 40. have been reading Psalms 40 every day. At one point in time, David in Psalms 40 says this, now I believe the words you have spoken over me. Wow. How mature is that when I start to believe what God has to say about me? You know, it's important what my wife thinks about me. It's important the words of affirmation that she gives me. That was a good message, Mark. Even maybe I stumbled a couple times. Man, no, that was fireball. Good job. I loved it. Great job. Different people in my life will call and say, that was, Pastor, that's, man, man, I appreciate you. I love you. Whatever. That, that means a lot. But what God says about me, that's, that's the cream of the crop right there, church. What God says, and listen, he holds nobody more special. In other words, he thinks of you just like he does any of King David. He thinks of you as he did Abraham. He thinks of you as he did Apostle Paul. 
He speaks. He says, I believe, so now I spoke. So those are victory in our words. Number two, we're raised with Christ. So now we have victory in our position, right? He sits at the right hand of the throne. He invites us to sit there with him. We're joint heirs in high places, Paul said. So now I have victory in my position. I don't, but my team can be in last place. Everything can be bottomed out. But I know who I am in Christ Jesus. That's this grace renewed every day. I had a bad day yesterday. I'm new today in Christ. My business has failed. doesn't make you a bad Christian. It makes you walking through the trial like everybody else. Your victory is already in Christ. Number three, as grace extends, a thanksgiving abounds. Now we have victory in our actions. We have opportunity to bless somebody. We have opportunity to bless Nicaragua or Haiti. We have opportunity to bless Convoy of Hope or RIP Debt Solutions. We have uh, opportunity to bless Kenya, Africa or different parts of Hickory. We have opportunity as grace abounds, as grace extends, thanksgiving then abounds. See, we can get all the grace we want, but if we don't start giving some grace away, we become hoarders of grace. Come on back, worship team. I got one more for you. And then at the very last, our inner self is renewed by his grace and gratitude. And that's simply what Paul is saying that if every day you allow yourself to be renewed by God's special grace, you've got the world beat, man. It's not rocket science, but it is simply what God is. It's like your body will regenerate. You know, if you have stitches and they stitch it up after a couple weeks, maybe, or 10 days, and the, that, that thing's going to... That thing's going to heal. Yes, maybe there'll be a scar there, but the wound will be gone. The body is a self-healing organism. In fact, it'll start to heal even around bad parts. Like when I tore my bicep uh, tendon, it actually started to heal. They wanted to get it operated on so quickly so it didn't heal wrongly, okay? And this is true. I was telling Janie, this is true at the church. If you've been hurt, yes, you'll start to heal, but unless you tr truly heal right, you'll always walk with a little bit of a limp, a spiritual limp. You always walk with a little bit because we have to expose ourselves to healing. And so as grace exposes you to healing, reveals itself, we take that redemptive nature and we say, okay, God, here I am. Would you just open me up today and just do spiritual surgery on me? Stand with me where you're at. We're going to sing grace on repeat. I love this song. I love the way our team does it. But I love the nature of God. I love what God is saying. Hey, I'm going to lay it all at your feet, Lord, because it's not about me anymore. It's about restored relationship. It's about restored um, relationship with God. It's about just knowing that, Lord, if, if I have failed, if I'm flawed, if I've, if I've dropped the ball, Lord, you're there. But, but not only is God there, he wants us to be there for other people. Like, I'm going to forgive that person, but they're never going to be part of my life ever again. Jesus says, let's forgive him 70 times seven. And theologians will say he actually implied that to be each day. Wow. So freely, Lord, I accept your forgiveness. I freely have to give it out. I want to challenge you right here on this Thanksgiving week. Would you ask the Lord if there's any person you just need to forgive and let it go? If there's any person you need to extend grace to and then just let it go. 
if, you, if there's any person you need to be thankful for, and then tell them. Grace and gratitude, gratis, the Latin terminology, mean the same thing. They work hand in hand. If we can't be thankful, we show no grace. And if we can't be graceful, we show no thanks. Father, help us as you continue to deal with each and every one of us, individually and collectively, to show your grace, to show your love, and to show your gratitude. We are so thankful, Father. Let's worship one more time together. God bless you. Every time I come running, I find grace on repeat. You welcome me with open arms, no matter where I have been. And every time I surrender, and every time I fall, I find grace more precious than I did before. So I'm gonna
Come on, give God a shout of praise in this place today. Are you glad that he doesn't give up on you? Are you glad that his mercies are new every morning? That his forgiveness is there when you need it, every moment of the day? Happy Thanksgiving. Did you receive that message today? Wasn't that powerful? This Thanksgiving, we can think about the grace and the mercy that we have received. You know, I'm reminded of a time when Jesus was walking on the earth and he came across 10 people who were so sick, they were social outcasts. They had leprosy, they, uh, their entire lives were changed and different. They would never be able to touch someone that they loved ever again. They couldn't even be in the same room with a new person, they couldn't meet new people unless that person also had leprosy. And Jesus heals them, he touches them, sends them on their way. Their lives were so drastically different, it would be hard to overstate. It's almost as if they were like, came back to life. They were so grateful, you know, they, 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 were, they just ran away and they, I'm just, they probably had a list of things that they were excited to do, right? Oh, I can't, I'm gonna go meet my new little nephew because he was born and I was a neighbor to him. You know what I mean? They, all, all 10 of them just went back into this city, just so excited. But one of them turned around, went back to Jesus, and he said, thank you. Jesus said, well, you're welcome, but weren't there 10 of you? What happened to the other nine? And today, my charge to you is to say, you know, as we go into Thanksgiving, I know you're excited to see your family, and I know you're excited to, to eat some delicious food and get those Black Friday deals, you know, and, and that's all great and wonderful. But what if we just paused for a moment and we turned back to Jesus and we just said, you know what, before we do any of that, I just want to say thank you. Just want to say thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. You didn't have to do it. Jesus didn't have to heal the lepers, but he did and one of them returned. Let's be like the one, amen? Let's be like the one this week and just say, God, thank you for setting me free. Thank you for giving me victory. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for giving me peace. You didn't have to do it, but you did. Thank you for giving me forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me salvation. Thank you for giving me a home in heaven for this church family. Thank you for giving me everything that you have given to me. You didn't have to do it, but you chose to. I'm going to be like the one that returned and say thank you. So let's go before him one more time in, in a word of thanksgiving. And thank you for that grace and that mercy that he gave to us. Lord, we thank you, God, that you gave us your only son, Jesus. You didn't have to do it, but you did. You rescued the entire world, God, and, and as grateful as we are, and, and as excited as we are to charge forward just with this week and all that tomorrow holds and all that this rest of the day holds, we just want to pause for a moment and say thank you. In the spirit of thanksgiving, that your mercies are new every morning. That tomorrow, when the mercies are new again, we just want to wake up tomorrow and say, oh yeah, thank you. Lord Jesus, I don't know what anybody else is doing this Thursday. I don't know what anybody else is doing, why, if they're saying thank you or not. But we want to be like the one that returned and say, Jesus, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. God, we love you and we are forever grateful filled with thanksgiving in jesus name amen happy thanksgiving we love you so much we'll see you next sunday have a great week thank you for joining us for today's service if god is impacting your life through this ministry join us in reaching others by investing today 
you can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.